Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the fastest of magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. Hi, I'm back. And we're here to talk about a movie called The Reason. And I'm here with Christy Ann Holder. And she's a connoisseur of movies. And I so appreciate her perspective and view on the various types of movies when they come out, especially movies that have some level of spiritual significance. And this movie called The Reason is very significant because it shows this issue of, I would frame the question of, how do we believe? Yes, is how do we believe? And this movie was related to three types of beliefs. There is, well, maybe you can say four, but so there is the disbelief, non-belief, no-belief, and belief. And as the movie states, only belief. But these other three are stories about characters within this movie that represents these other types of beliefs. The disbelief, non-belief, no belief, and believe. And I wanted to begin with talking more about that and taking maybe some scenes from this particular movie on the reason and just have a conversation about it. And also, as you are seekers, you may want to go and see this movie too after we have this conversation. It's on PureFlix if you have PureFlix, or you may be able to Google it and find where it's being shown other places as well. So Christy, what what did you how do you what is your thoughts about the movie when you you saw the movie? When I first saw the movie, I've always been told, out of the mouth of babes comes the truth. And this little one, a six year old, had the most belief out of everyone. It didn't matter. This is what the a cross was struck by lightning, but it was okay because. That was God's way of communicating. This is what the six-year-old believed, yes. correct? So mm-hmm. his belief was so strong that it actually galvanized everybody else around him to do something about fixing this cross. And the interesting part of it is this was a six-year-old who had an illness, which ended up being leukemia that the mother and those that was around that child was really trying to help and the doctors were trying to help. And so getting back to your point is in even in the midst of him being ill, he still held this very strong belief in God being the able to help whatever was going to happen 
in their worlds, whether their church world, their family world, or in his own world. Very much so, to the point. I mean, there, there's the doctor, Macy, who is all me. I can do this. I can do this and move God completely out of the picture. Then there's Zach, who says, why are you talking about God at all? Because he's no belief because of what happened in his world and with his sister. And then there's a nurse, Caitlin, who thinks that she's just damaged goods and God can't do anything with her. So she's non-belief. Those are the three categories that you were just mentioning. Correct. With, plus with the child and the, right. who had and the belief. The child mm-hmm. was the one who, who galvanized the other three in the sense of getting the, the conversation going between the other three. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then here comes Kenneth, who is the, the, the angel in the scene or the, the person who's the closest to God and bring comes forth and shows them all that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what's happening in your world. As long as you believe God is always there to the point where things that happened, he puts a, a, a cross together and instantaneously it's like, how did you do that? How did Dr. Zach is always asking, how did you do that? How did you do that? That's a scientific mind who always wants to know how you did something. But with that was is that there was a lightning that took place and that cross was split. So they were trying to find someone or a group of people who could be able to help put together back this cross on the church's property. And it ended up being Kenneth who volunteered, who was the angel you're making mention of, who volunteered to be able to come and help them with trying to put this cross back together. And because the insurance would not pay for acts of God, as they said, quote unquote. <laughs> which is which is very true in a lot of different manners when it comes to insurance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But yes, but the, even the, so, the child still believed that that cross would be fixed. And it was done instantaneously. And so, I mean, that was the minister's first miracle. He looked at that as a miracle. That the cross is fixed. That the cross was fixed. And in the movie, you see how Kenneth goes about doing that with the radiance of his light. That he was able, and the power of the light, was able to mend that particular cross back together. And that's similar to what our soul needs. You know, our soul needs that light. And where we put our attention, as I've said in other episodes, is where our experience will be. And when we put our attention in cultivating our soul, which is the soul of light, it moves us further back on our path or our journey back to the God source. So, I mean, that that's the minister. He's almost like... Counting up the, the, the strokes, God strokes, in the sense <laughs> that that was his first miracle. The second miracle is when he is, bl- he's blind, but he's grateful to be alive. He's grateful for his wife and his son and his congregation. 
And he's been blind for 45, 45 years. years. Yeah. So he goes, he's in the, he's home. Nobody else is home and he wants a cup of coffee. All right. It's like, okay, nobody's here. I'll just do it myself. Okay. So he goes into his cabinet. He gets himself a cup. He picks up the coffee. Now, there's another thing about, about the cross. I got to back up. Okay. Where Kenneth says, when they talk about Psalms or Proverbs, and the minister says one. So, so Kenneth says, that's a good one, but I like 716. And so the minister says, hmm, what is that one? Can you recite it for me? He says, hmm, that's for another time. The minister, a gem. Yeah. And so when that was happening, going back and forth and talking about Proverbs, then he, he actually Ken, who is the kind of the angel, said he had a, another proverb or a mother quote from the Bible. And he, seven, he said 716. And that 716, the minister or reverend was really befuddled by it and wasn't quite sure. And he says, well, I will need to look that up. So they move on. The cross is fixed. Everybody's out doing their thing. The, the, the Jim, the minister, or the minister wants a cup of coffee. He's in his kitchen. He pours himself a cup of coffee, but he spills it too. He doesn't realize he's spilling it on the floor since he, he doesn't see it. So he's, he's being happy around his kitchen. And then he slips and falls and hits his head. And kind of knocks himself out a little bit. But when he wakes up, it's 716. He wakes up. He's very blurred. blurred. Right? He's just kind of wiping his his eyes. And he's looking at the clock because he's pulling himself up off the floor. And it's 716. He's like, big eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. But that's, again, that's... The belief, he is he is almost like the like Alex, the little boy, in the sense that he's a minister. He's been a man of God all of his life, and it doesn't matter if he sees or not. But as far as he's concerned, he calls the doctor in to, to check him over to make sure everything's okay, and the doctor's trying to give him a scientific explanation why he got his eyesight back. And he says no. This is a miracle, okay? <laughs> he says, this is a miracle. And the doctor says, but, you know, it could be that when you bumped your head, you knocked some plaque off your, your nerves and, 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 and it allows you to see. He said, how often does that happen? Okay. <laughs> okay. So what is the definition of a miracle? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was miracle number two. Mm-hmm. All right. Because... Of his his love for God, his gratefulness for what he has, and his thing was be grateful for what you have, mm-hmm. not be upset about what is taken away, mm-hmm. which is the beautiful beauty of the whole situation. Mm-hmm. The third scene that I like the most is when the little boy, the mother, the doctor Maisie. Dr. Maisie tells the little boy's mother that they've tried everything, nothing's working, 
Look, and he's got leukemia. He is, yes. And he's getting worse, not better. And, and this is the time they, when he was they, they trying to do the bone. That, yeah, uh, bone marrow transplant. transplant. But mm-hmm. it's still not working. And they don't understand why. And very upset. And the mother is saying, I believe it's going to be well. I believe God's going to make him well. But God's not going to take him away from me. But that's a, that's a non-belief. It's a belief with a string attached. Okay? Because she didn't. She left a piece off that. And that piece is not my will, but thine be done. Okay? If it's your will, please let him stay. But if it's your will that he must go, help me to understand why. Or help me to heal from the loss. Heal from the loss. Yeah. But that reminds me too, even in, in terms of Christian and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You know, when he didn't want to go through the pain and suffering and having to go through the crucifixion. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing that you're saying with this situation with her her son, who Alex, who has leukemia, and she just says, I believe, and so I believe it, so it should happen. Mm-hmm. But, but that's where sometimes we don't understand there's more complexities of levels that are going on because people come into our life for a reason, and the soul has to go through certain experiences that we may not know of all those reasons but if you are a seeker and a believer, then you hold on to the belief that if this situation is happening in my world, as rough as it may be, and as challenging and painful as it may be, there is a particular reason that I'm going through this experience. And sometimes that's where true faith or belief really needs to be held on to. And sometimes we need to slow things down like a skateboard. And I give that analogy of being on a skateboard and slowing it down and looking at what is it that I'm supposed to be learning here, Lord? You know, what is it that I need to see that I'm not seeing? And what is it that I need to strengthen in myself? And what is my soul needing at this time? So it's like you're slowing that skateboard down so you can see it a little bit more through your reflection as opposed to just kind of going from the standpoint, it's just going to happen because that's what I think is going to happen, which are two different things, wouldn't you say? Yes, one is my will, because my will says it's not going to happen mm-hmm. instead of being God's will. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the boy is the one who had the perfect analogy, the perfect thought. And he says to his mom, Mom, if I have to go, okay, I will ask Grandma where your necklace is, and I will help you find it. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, and he was resigned to whatever God's God's will it was, that he was was okay with it. Yeah, and that that brings up, because the mom would tell the story to to her son, which was Alex, about her relationship with her mother and how they both made this necklace together. And they they wear it. They would wear it on uh, every other day. Mom would wear it one day, and she would wear it the next. But because of an accident that happened to her her parents, her mom, it ended up she never reclaimed that necklace again. So that was a loss. And 
this is the love of a child. And she, he could see the pain and that loss of that necklace and how much it meant to his mom. And that's why he was saying what you were saying about, if I have to go, I'll ask grandma where your necklace is. And I will help you find it. I will help you to find it. Yeah. And so when he does go. And he does pass. Yes, he does. Which creates either this thing that happens when people do pass, loved ones pass, or unexpected things that do happen to us. We get angry. We get resentful. We feel as if God failed us in some way. It's like, I believed, I believed. So he should have saved, he shouldn't have took him. I believed. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's good that that also is kind of a kind of a double-edged sword because it's now testing, do you really believe? <laughs> because there's different forms of belief, or maybe I should say different dimensions of which belief is happening on. Does that make you know, on yeah. different dimensions in which belief has taken place on that in the, in the physical, it may be something is taken from us, but on another level, we may be gaining something that helps us to mature and grow in our soul evolution that we wouldn't have done otherwise. Exactly right. To the point where the mother and, and Alex's father get back together and Alex made a wish. And as they're celebrating, the mother, I know what Alex asked for because she was expecting, she was expecting another boy. So Alex would ask for a brother. Yes. So, and this was during the celebration of the birthday of the son of the pastor and who is an adult. Uh, Charlie, but Charlie. He, Charlie. Yeah. And so it was in that gathering and which he had a wish. And when he was going to blow out the candles and Charlie doesn't speak uh, and it ended up, he blew out the candles. And that's when they made the announcement that they were, they were expecting, they were expecting Alice's mom and father were expecting another child and it was going to be a boy. Because mm -hmm. Charlie lost a friend and, um, best friend and now it's almost like Alec coming back because they're expecting another boy yeah which he you can see the light, light in, in his face eyes. when he they heard that which was wonderful so these these issues around belief non-belief disbelief no belief are something that i think everyone has to reconcile that sometimes we don't believe in God. Sometimes we do. When things are going well, we believe. And then when they don't go so well, we kind of get a little bit foggy about whether, you know, God exists or not or is supposed to help us. But I think sometimes the point that is being missed is we are living a life in which we have choices. God is always with us, within us and around us, but we are living the life and God will help us to the degree that he can. But we have to live our life and make the choices. It is up to us to make those choices. And so for us to learn the experiences that we need to learn in order for us to continue to evolve and grow based upon those choices and decisions. And like the pastor says, he's been asked many times, where's God when things go wrong? And his answer is, he's in the same place he's always been. 
You just don't realize. He hasn't changed. He's still there. But have you moved off the line? Yeah, that reminds me of what I give you the analogy of the the in mastering life's adventures. And one of the my first book was on, on the balance beam. <laughs> and so that is like, are you balancing on that beam, that balance beam or a beam of light? Mm-hmm. You know, that beam of light or illumination, that beam of light of understanding or understanding that the situation that you're finding yourself in is asking you to to walk that straight line on the beam so that you can do the flip off the beam and land on your feet. So with that being said, I think this was a nice depiction of how sometimes we are so trained as physicians in this particular case to and scientific reasoning and believing that it's the science behind everything that's all you need in order to move through life. And there is another camp that was just there within this movie saying science has its place just as our ego has its place. But there is also something that we don't know of that's far and beyond the science, which is that God factor and the belief that you have and the surrendering of that belief to something higher, that it actually allows our soul to continue to grow and advance because we're willing to be able to know that the things that are coming in our life are for our soul testing. And for our soul to grow in in advance. Any thoughts, final thoughts about that? My final thought on that is in the sense that when there are some doctors believe that when there are terminal patients, when they have a belief in a higher power, they find that they do much better in either their recovery or their transition. Due to that fact. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. There is something in the X factor, I'll call it. And that X factor is the God factor that allows many miracles, as you were mentioning, Ira, in terms of three miracles, that allow miracles that, because we don't necessarily know all of what God knows, but we know this much, that if we can continue to work on our belief, and our faith, and knowing that we are walking as seekers a spiritual path, and that things that come into our world, usually there is a reason that this coming. And even though, as I said earlier, we may not like it, but if we can draw the silver lining from it and be able to strengthen ourselves, isn't that so much better? Because we're growing and we're advancing. And we're learning a little bit more about how to navigate our particular world and what works and what doesn't work. If thing was Shangri-La, the ideal, why, what would we be learning? If everything was always grand and beautiful, how is that strengthening the soul and helping the soul to grow? We have to realize that some experiences are going to be painful. They're not, we're not going to like them. But we sure can grow through them by the grace of God. Something to think about. Take care. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Adventures. Being your best self through soul evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up 
and subscribe to my Master in Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.